Welcome in to the Amon Green Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 12-year NFL veteran. He's got some speed to go with strength. Huskers and Green Bay Packers Hall of Famer. Shovel pass to Green into Vikings territory. Finally brought down. And University of Nebraska eSports coach. Green all by himself. 20, 10, touchdown. 98 yards and a Lambo leap. Here is your host, Amon Green. Yo, welcome to the Mind Green Show. I'm one of the hosts, along with my man Austin. How you doing? I am great. How are you? I mean, it is your show. I'm just along me? for the ride. I'm just, okay. I'm just tagging along. This is your show. I'm just back here. Ah, uh, hey, yeah, I appreciate that. You're running the boards and everything. The, the EQ. You like the DJ? He's in the booth right now. I'm just the guy on the mic, <laughs> just trying to spit rhymes right here. Oh man! So checking in from last week, man. Still packing like a two men in a truck. I need to put do uh, me invest in that company <laughs> or create my own moving company. I was like, I got it down. I'm wrapping speakers. I'm wrapping pictures. I'm wrapping mirrors. Uh, lifting exercise equipment. I'm getting my workout in. So i definitely have uh, felt I am certified in the moving industry now. I have much res- I always have respect for, you know, having to move large objects other than being on the football field. So it's uh, it's been fun. I, I say that I can't. I'm one <laughs> to enjoy my wife on her hand. She's like, this is this is why. Why are we just why can't we just pay somebody? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no. I got legs. And, I got and, arms. Yeah. And the reason is a no. You want to know what I was what we were quoted too much. A couple way too much it would it would have been a down payment on a home that probably in the neighborhood of four hundred three hundred thousand dollars oh my god i was like what i said i just bought a house i don't want to buy another one no (laughs) i'm not i'm not gonna pay that i will move myself no so i've been doing that the good thing the weather's been great up here in wisconsin i heard it's uh Kind of hot down there, which I love. I love the Nebraska summers. So my, I talked to one of my cousins, and she said that it's uh, steamy and humid. I was like, "Oh, that's what I want." It's already getting cold here. It's no. getting the chilly in the air. No, in July, not yes. in July. That's why I'm getting out of here, man. <laughs> there you go. It's only the weather. I love the people. I have great friends here. I created over the last twenty years, so that is not that problem. The problem is Mother Nature. It's already. Mm. I was driving from the grocery store. And I had all the windows down. I write in the summer. I don't roll with the AC on. I roll all the windows down, and that's how I let the fresh air hit me. And I could already feel what I call the crisp in the air. Just oh. a nice little chill. And it was only like it was like eight o'clock, and I'm like, <laughs> "What is going? 8 p.m. I'm like, "What is going on? <laughs> I'm like, "We're already going into winter. It's like this is not right. That's not how the world works. Is it's not supposed no. to be the case? Like we're still getting warmer here in Nebraska, and you're already feeling that crispness. No, nah, right. miss me with no, nah, no, nah, not at all. It's not at all. So, yeah, doing that cut my foot though. Oh, I was I was uh in the kitchen doing some work, cutting up some fruit, and the knife somehow fell off the countertop. And it's a sharp knife. My wife just bought these wolf knives. They're wolf. Oh, wolf like puck. Brand. Some, I guess maybe that, but he put, it must be like German artistry or 
whatever European artistry that create knives, the guys from Game of Thrones or something, because this <laughs> knife cut me so deep, I needed seven stitches in my ankle. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Oh. I was like, oh, it's sharp. She's like, what happened? I said, it hit the ground and I knew it was by my foot. So I, I try to do the splits and miss it, but it, it, it had a beacon to my left ankle and cut me to the white meat. Like I saw white meat. Ugh. Like I actually saw oh. white meat. I saw the bone and the cartilage in my left ankle, you know. Oh, and so, and so to that, I had to cancel. I had a um, an event this Saturday down in Rockford, Illinois, a softball game with uh, some of my teammates, Gilbert Brown. I think Dorsey might have been there, Santana, and then against Andre Dawson, uh, Mike Singletary. So Packer greats against Bear greats, mm. and I'm like, I had to tell him, like, I gotta, I gotta cancel. I got seven stitches in my ankle. I can't be running around. A baseball diamond <laughs> and they're like right what now. power lifting you know back running spring rankle yeah not now in the kitchen nothing can yeah, bring him yeah. on green down back in his prime but it, it, it's always the football field it's and it's a always knife. something it's always something weird it's always something weird but i'm i'm still able to walk upstairs and stuff but i was like yep yeah, I, I, I mean let me be smart you know this is not you know playoff push time <laughs> you know <laughs> this is not all right we got to go to we got to go to the national title game so i got to play with it no this ain't that time <laughs> this is real life now and no this is the difference after playing football it's like oh i don't have to suck it up and get treatment three times a day to get ready for sunday <laughs> i could say you know what let me just take a step back i'm a normal person now i don't have to worry about that Let's go. On the one hand, there's no IR because life keeps moving. On the other hand, yes. you've earned the right to work smarter, not harder, and not have exactly. to get that treatment. Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's what, what, what I've been up to the last week. What about yourself, Austin? Not a whole lot going on working here. Um, this weekend's going to be fun. It's uh, We're celebrating my uh, in-laws' oh, anniversary. We're going to uh, Chaser's oh. game. Should be up in a suite for that. That'll be fun. Ooh. Is that Lincoln or Omaha? Uh, right? Up in Omaha. The storm, yeah. The storm, storm chasers, chasers, right? Yeah. Storm chasers. Yes, sir. Got it. Nice. So we'll do nice. that. Uh, before that, I think we're going to meet up with uh, some friends I'm getting to know better through. My wife up in Omaha. Uh, some friends from high school for her. Great people, nice. I think, will head out to uh, Mahoney State Park, I think, is the plan. Don't quote me on that, Ooh. but we'll meet up with them. So, yeah, looking forward uh, to this weekend, that's for sure. I've hung out at Mahoney State Park a, a few times growing up as a kid in, in the great state of Nebraska. It's fun. Mm. Nice, so, nice area. It's where I got nice engaged. Area. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Oh, okay. I see the, the segue. How y'all doing? That? Nice. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Oh, man. So let's, uh, I said, let's get into some NFL. And then we're going to talk. Oh, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where? I want to throw some in. Some, it was one I just added. So my topic I would, uh, Nebraska recruiting. Mm. Let's talk about that because I was watching, I was listening to Jay and DP, and it sounded like DP was in the mood today. <laughs> I, I, Jay I got DP sense. going. Jay got DP fired up, and that happens. Oh, I was wondering because I was like, I've never seen DP like this. Like he was just <laughs> nonstop talking over Jay, <laughs> saying that Nebraska is going to be this and that and not good, basically not good. <laughs> Which you know it, they have a long road ahead of them. Um, because anytime a program whole new coaching staff that's putting a year behind at least two years, if not more, mm-hmm. because today, well, I'll say two years now, I say back during our time, four years, because now you have this, you have two things. You got transfer portal and you got NIL. 
So now you there is it kind of those two things help the brunt of a coaching change because now you still have stuff where you could say to recruits, hey, we got this money, we got these NIL deals, we got oh, you could transfer next year and then be the starter, you know. So you could have that conversation with these young athletes out of high school now where it doesn't deplete your program. Right. And having to start from scratch in recruiting because now the whole new coaching staff has to catch up on the eight ball, which now I don't think the eight ball is not that bad. It's more like a five ball or six or four ball. Right. <laughs> <that they're behind. laughs> Unless that you're like less miles at Kansas and all you're doing is, you know, refusing to recruit, just taking Juco players and not ever getting anyone from high school. I mean, mm. when, uh, the that's, guy that's after, different. yeah, when the guy that's kind of smart but different, okay. Well, it didn't work, you know, given where where Kansas right. was. But the guy after Miles took over, I think it was David Beatty, was his name. Yeah, AG. They were thirty scholarship players short. Like they had that many open scholarships, and you couldn't fill oh, wow. as many as you had at that point. So just because they were looking for the quick fix, there was no actual, you know, program building at all for like five six years. Gotcha, gotcha. Wow, wow. So. Uh, looking at uh, Coach Rule and his staff, you know, they've been on the run the last several re- weeks. And I know one guy I actually helped them out with is uh, Kiwan Lacey mm. out of uh, Lancaster High School down in Arlington, Dow- Dallas, Texas area. And was able to talk to him, his mom and his grandfather, I believe, came. They came on a visit about two, three weeks ago. And it was good. It was so it felt so good to talk to a recruit. It kind of took me back to my days when I was on campus and I was a host. Mm. Um, as a player once you know i became a after my freshman year and then a sophomore junior and i get guys in and and, and my percentage is still a thousand so nice. i hosted i hosted um d'angelo evans joe walker mm-hmm. and i was one more person might have been another defensive back but oh and Karel buckalter i hosted Ooh. all three of those and now I hosted. I didn't host Lacey, <laughs> but I talked. To, I spoke with him. Um, being here, we did it Zoom, similar mm-hmm. to this. I say, like, "Darn, Coach, I'm not there in person. I would love to be there, but we could do it on Zoom." And he said, "Yeah." I'm like, "Perfect." And so he they set it up. They had a nice little Zoom area in the football offices and talked to him and his mom and his and his grandfather. And it was a good talk. I just I gave it to him real and like like mm-hmm. I did the players when I was younger. I was like, "There's no other." way to talk to a college athlete or high school athlete and give them the real news of what they're walking into coming into a college program away from home you know for him in his in his case Lacey you know he's going to probably be a what's that about a fifth about a 10 hour drive between Lincoln and Dallas Texas Mm -hmm. and so between that change of weather you know you're going to need a little bit more layers of coat (laughs) to have (laughs) on walking around campus and uh, letting them know that look this is I say it's not a rebuilding time, but it is a time where, you know, it's starting from a uh, almost zero ground level, and you could come in. He'll be in coming in the twenty twenty four class, by the way. So he'll be mm-hmm. coming in next fall. So he'll have a senior year. Hope everything goes good. He's healthy. He has another outstanding season for his high school, and then he could come, you know, off a great, you know, say slingshot into the freshman year here at Nebraska. And so, you know, watching him and looking at other recruits, uh, big tight end. That got they got from uh, from in state um, mm-hmm. Carter Nelson like to see that and now this is this is I'm I'm happy because now I could I could get back into this getting names getting high schools <laughs> uh, local high schools but then obviously the high schools around the nation that uh, 
Coach Rules, uh, coaches and himself are recruiting and they're doing a really, you know, really fantastic job. So I'm just excited to know and feel. And then a nephew, actually a family member, Isaiah um, McMorris out of Bellevue West. He transferred from Omaha. I think he was at Miller North transfer to mm-hmm. Miller West. He's going to he's also going to be a senior, but he right now is at a verbal commitment. In, and I'm excited for him. I've been watching him develop his uh, his dad, Lamar. Um, Mick Morris is my cousin, first cousin there. And so to see him develop over the last couple of years, actually several years, I've been watching him like through Facebook, his dad posting after game highlights and all that. So uh, the biggest thing I like about that is that, you know, I, not only being family, but just knowing that Omaha is still that place that Nebraska coaches got to go to first. Mm-hmm. You have to look at the Omaha schools you know, go there and then check all the peripheral schools from Millard's to the McCook's to the Kozak. And, and, and I'm not saying, Hey, go to this. You have to go to Omaha schools, but don't, don't take your eye off of, off of them. And don't let no kid over three stars leave the state. Don't let no kid in general, in my opinion, don't let no kid from the state of Nebraska that's doing anything. If they still playing eight man football, don't let them go. I remember mm-hmm. Jeff and Joe McAvica, my fullbacks, they mm-hmm. were, no scholarship, walk-on guys that eventually earned scholarships, played in the NFL, you know, and were that was those players that, as an offense, they were a vital, you know, vocal, a vital part of what we did as an offense. And obviously, being more that we we're run-oriented then, but just so no, you know, having those guys that because you get those guys that don't even have a rainy, you know, coming from a small school, you don't even know the barely know the name in the conference or whatever. Those are the guys that will put it on the line. And they'll play hard, not 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 along with the five star guys that are from state or from out of state. Um, and I think I say another thing is, you know, talking to the players that are here, those players that are not from Nebraska, but are have been here for a few years. You, you got to be those guys in that locker room that say, hey, this is how we're going to do this. You know, and because I remember guys that weren't from Nebraska, like Tommy, mm-hmm. um, like Aaron Graham, Aaron Taylor pulling me, you know, in the huddle, yelling at me, saying, hey, freshman, we're going to we about to score. You know, that type of motivation, that type of support, you know, those type of players, Tyrell Williams, you know, they, they're not from the state, but they get it. They understood it. And I think that obviously that was a, a reflection of Coach Osborne and how and his staff and how we re, he recruited players, making sure that we're all on the same page of what we're about to do here, you know, as a team, as a football team, and then obviously at, for yourself personally as a student athlete coming into Nebraska and, in you know, and during that time in the nineties to be an all around athlete and student athlete as well. So it feels like fun. too, it's less about where you're from, how many stars you had by your name. And can you get on the same page, unite around this common goal, right? You yes. might not look like the yep. guy next to you might not have the same background upbringing, but as much as it's important to get to know them off the field, to have that trust, that camaraderie, you're between those lines. Your goal is to move that ball down the field. Your goal is to, you know, yep. as a defense, push the offense back the other way. It doesn't matter what the other guy, you know, thinks outside those lines in that moment. Because if you all buy in, that's yeah. what you're looking for. Exactly. you got to have 100% to buy in. It's not 90%. It's not 95%. It's not 99.99. No, it's 100% buy in. From everybody, like you mentioned, the guy's not even playing a whole lot. They got to do a lot of practice guy, uh, practice time. Um, a guy, uh, shout out to Ben Butenbach. 
I think he's a chiropractor now, which is hilarious, which is perfect because <laughs> you used to realign a lot of face masks and <laughs> necks back in back then on campus in practice. And he was a linebacker, you know, maybe six feet tall, but he hit like a Mack truck. <laughs> OK, <laughs> he hit like a Mack truck in practice, maybe had a little game time, you know, as he got older in terms of his junior and senior year, but was a guy that if you didn't pay attention to him and find where he was at, he was a linebacker wearing number 35. That's how you know he huh. was doing something because I remember his number because I knew if I don't find number 35 on practice squad, he's going to knock me out, literally. <laughs> or I'm going to have a splitting headache if I don't see him right away. If I if it's just a, a a tick goes by and I'm like where is number thirty five then bam too late there's the oh it's too late okay I got a headache for the rest of practice Yeesh. and it's because of Ben Butenbach so shout out to Ben he's one of those guys that was a walk on I'm I left before to know you know I left my junior year so he might have got a scholarship his senior year I don't know but I hope he did he definitely well well earned it earned it and having players like that on that team though also showed that you know the hard work. Dedica- uh, dedication and the things that like you said well you know everybody on the same page type mentality to play to play the ball game that we were playing back then in the 90s so and hopefully that can reciprocate here here now with these uh new recruits coming in that matt rule and his coaching staff are recruiting in so so uh, yeah yeah um question for you from twitch sammy asks if you had much contact with coach rule now that you're back on campus uh yeah i have actually i've been so i came back on campus in january and then start teaching class in March. So I think I met him about two weeks on campus. So it was almost February and good guy. Um, when spring ball came around, was able to come to about a handful of practices, was able to talk to him and some of his coaches and watch how practice goes. You know, I would come in really to sneak in. I didn't want to have everybody asking me questions because they see me there. So I kind of stood off to the side incognito and just kind of watched style. practice. Yeah, Amon Green style. And uh, was watching practice, seeing how they coached the players, what words were coming out their mouth, what phrases, uh, what were they really coaching, you know, Um, because I obviously was a player and I learned right away that there's so many different coaches styles out there and coaches that they could be saying something and it doesn't mean a thing. You know, if you know what I'm saying, it's like, are you saying something like as a play, I'm a type of player, the way I was raised by my mom and dad is when you're talking to me and you're teaching me something, I want to get something out of what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do you just be yelling just to be yelling. And so because I remember once I got enough courage <laughs> when I got to the NFL, I had coaches in the NFL yell at me and I'll be like, um, hey, coach. I didn't get nothing out of that other than creative. You learn, you know how to creatively <laughs> cut somebody out. But what do I need to learn from what I just, if I did something wrong? Because you just berated me, but I don't know. I could have called my dad for that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if, if it's important enough to you that you're going to take time to, I'm not even going to say talk, like you said, if you're yelling, communicate with me about it. Yes, it's important enough yes. for me to listen and try to get something out of it. Exactly. Just do that. And he kind of looked at me and was like, uh, oh, Okay, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, earn your paycheck real quick. Earn your paycheck. <laughs> that's, just, that's just the thing. So many coaches, I, I wonder, 
are they about that life? Are they about that work? Or do they like the dollar sign attached to it sometimes? A hundred percent, man. And I'll say, unfortunately, it was more way to the side of they just want that paycheck during my first couple years. That's what I yeah. saw. And that's being real. I was like, these coaches, like some of them, they scary. Because I'm like, we, I'm going to get killed if I do that and running that route in that coverage. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. It's zone. I'm gonna get destroyed. I gotta sit it down. And I'm telling my you know younger running backs in the room, don't listen to him. Like, he's gonna get you killed. <laughs> um, so yeah, unfortunately that was the case. I'm just being openly honest. I won't mention no names, I'll just say that. Was that something but, you could uh, tell in the moment, or did it take having new coaches to point out that hey, yeah, maybe maybe the first situation wasn't as good as the second? No, it, it happened right away. Mm-hmm. My rookie year, first. So I was in Seattle. Mm-hmm. That was it. That's all I'll say. And yeah, I was like, uh, we had my, I had Michael Black. They had drafted him a couple rounds after me. He's a running back out of Wazoo. And I said, Mike, this is about to be a long season. <laughs> he said, he said, oh, mom, what? What you talking about? I said, coach didn't know what he didn't know what to talk. He didn't, he was lost. He had the deer in the headlights look. I knew what that look was. And he's like. Oh man, I was I, I wasn't watching. I was writing notes down. I'm like, yeah, he hadn't said nothing, so I hadn't started writing. So I was just looking <laughs> at him, waiting on seeing him saying something. Yeah, <laughs> and he didn't say nothing important, nothing I didn't know that Coach Osborne and Craig, Frank Solis didn't already teach me. So I'm like, this is the NFL. I'm like, whoa, this is gonna be an interesting year. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> but you made it. Yeah. You made it. Through. I made it. I survived. Through. He didn't kill you, even though he might have tried to. Yeah, yeah. You know, some other coaches are along the way, other teams. You know, that was just interesting. But uh, but uh, seeing, you know, like I said, watching uh, Coach Rule and his staff, they definitely was hitting the notes and hitting the, you know, building that culture. Because I remember one time a kid, it was Dominic um, Donovan. It was Donovan. Mm-hmm. I'm about to say Dominic. Donovan Rioli was talking to one of the old linemen, and he started to walk. And he said, what are you doing? Run off the field. You know, it's like, oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's something you could not do and you would not do. You know, even it started with me in Little League. If I was caught walking, my coach would be like, hustle up. Let's go. Run, run, run. And so by the time I got to Nebraska, it wasn't even an option. It's like you running, jogging back to every drill, even to get water. You're running over there to get it. You're sprinting back. So just you're developing that culture of a winning attitude that you're always going to give your best effort, even if you're going to go grab a bottle of Gatorade or water on the sidelines. You're getting back. You're hustling back and forth. So I saw that from this coaching staff. So um, like I said, referring to jay and dp's breakdown <laughs> of the season jay having him above 500 dp having them three games below or more than three games starting four and oh going oh and eight the rest of the way Woo, that is rough Tough season. that is rough what, what what hold on what did what did say jay say because i know jay's good gets people going i know that so i was his teammate yeah yeah so what i've learned about jay very quickly is he's opinionated he lets you know but Jay also wants you to have your opinion and come back at him, right? You don't back down from Jay. So I think that's what DP was doing because they've gone through the schedule, I don't know, about once a month or so throughout the offseason. And Jay's thing mm-hmm. is, okay, put your money where your mouth is. We're going to do this every week. We'll see what information has come out. Let's change your mind or if you're going to stick to your prediction. So oh, that, okay. that was Jay's angle today. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, got it, got it. All right, I'm going to answer Sammy P's uh, next question. He says, uh, "If uh, I'm curious to know 
that are the characteristics of Coach Rule that remind you of any of my former coaches? I would say at Nebraska, um, Coach Osborne, Coach Solis for sure. Just having that directness. Um, I say a little bit more yelling, though. Coach Osborne didn't yell a whole lot. <laughs> Could Coach Osborne <laughs> Coach, yell? Huh? Could he even yell? That's a great question. I don't think I ever like. Is he physically him. capable? I, right now, I don't know. He's like uh, close. To, he's getting up there. I don't want him to yell for anything. That might stop. That might shut everything down. I don't want that to happen right, right. now. He's, I still want him here with us. Yeah. Um, even then, no, he didn't yell. Um, yeah, I don't know how high his voice can go. Um, but in terms of what the words, like I say, words coming out and meaning something, and they cl- they flipping the switch in the player's head in my head, like. I get what you mean, coach. Got it. I'll, I'll do that. No problem. Or, oh, yeah, let's get it. You know, we got to put go kick some Jayhawk bucks or some sooner, but let's go. We got practice, you know, this time and this is how practice is going to be run and all that stuff. So they were I say and that's what they just like the recruiting side of it. You got to be direct with a player. Tell them what you want out of everything. So then they could give you their best self, their burst, who they are out there on the practice field or on the game field. And when you're doing that and you're not sugarcoating things you're not tap dancing around the issue or around the qu- no get right to the point of what you want to see um and that player is going to show up and do exactly what you ask him he him or her to do um another guy that wasn't my coach and i'll probably and i had i had uh i said daily daydreams of him being my coach was coach uh charlie mcbride because mm. of him being a defensive coach I would hear him. He was the other way, you know. He was the other way, Coach Osborne. He was yelling. I knew his. I knew how voice, how high his voice went. I know how creative of words he can use in a sentence to cuss you out. <laughs> I, and I would have still handled him. It, it would have been okay because that's what I was kind of used to being from high school in the little league and understanding what his, the reason, the rhyme, and the reason. He still was teaching. He still was coaching teaching those guys how to play technique, how to play their uh, responsibility on defense. And, you know, if it was blitzing or if it was going into man coverage or it's going in the zone. Yeah. He was yelling it, but he was actually, you could hear him say things like that's not the technique. That's how you, you don't play it that way. You know, I didn't tell you to go this way that I meant you to go that way. So that part of it was the part I would just hear as a player, as he's yelling to TV or Phil Ellis or Doug Coleman, you know, to make the adjustments or, or Jason or J, uh, Jason or Christian mm-hmm. on defense too. So that was the part of, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> he may be, he getting creative. He's like the, the with Michelangelo cuss words, but he got it. He knows what he's doing out there. So he knows football. He knows defense too. That's Dude. funny. Uh, we're on yes, radio, indeed. so we probably need to take a break here at this point. <laughs> I, I'm not used to this. I'm just on stream. We can just roll. It's nice. Oh, but, uh, okay. But we got bills to pay. So if you're still yes. good, yes. Excellent. We will be back with AG for a little bit more here on 93.7 The Ticket next. This is the Amon Green Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Whoever made that beat is dope. Rico. Your boy Rico. <laughs> oh, that is fire right there. All right, we're back on from break. Hope everybody enjoyed the commercials there. Rico also voicing them too sometimes. I'm like, oh, I know that voice. <laughs> <laughs> He's all over the place, Mr. Mr. Stationwide. Yeah, exactly. So uh let's delve into the neighborhood of where I used to work a long time ago, the NFL. 2009 was my last official year. Um and what's been going on, Austin and Chat? 
it's been interesting over the last it's been going on really a long time now i'll say at least definitely the last five years where nfl star running backs have been devalued and they're asking the question what's next you know for them for them what team is next what you know what team will pick them up you have dalvin cook still free agent let it let the minnesota vikings team rusher there ezekiel elliott kind of i say lost a step or two but it's still that guy uh leonard fournette he was definitely a part of the tampa bay bucks offense last year not those three guys not on the team you know and to say that five years ago for ezekiel and leonard i'm like you are you crazy well, and Delvin, we already know he was he was doing his thing up in Minnesota. And Saquon Barkley not going to play unless yeah. he gets his extension, right? It's just like man, you know. And I and I done some homework on it, reading a, a couple articles around the the internet sphere, the World Wide Web. You know, on ESPN, they have you know talking the breakdown and the devaluing years of certain uh, of that position. You know, and looking at this year's draft with Bijan Robinson and Jamari Gibbs from Oklahoma, you know, those guys being the rare two since 2017, Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette being drafted in the top half of the first round Mm -hmm. and that not happening since then. And, you know, me being a runner and me being a fan of the game, watching the game when the season is here, I say to that is those teams, I think, I believe I'll say this, I believe those teams that want to devalue the running back, they don't understand. They're just looking at, it being a passing game. They're totally committing to it to where if they do have a running back, they having them almost built like a slot receiver. He's small. Mm-hmm. He's quick. If he does have any type of um, size, it's not much there. But in the long run, I think that hurts the player because if you want a guy that's going to be in a running back position and he's going to try to be basically you're telling me he's in disguise because the defense is going to treat him like a running back. They're going to hit him like a running back. <laughs> you know, they're going to, when, when that running back is like 195 pounds or 205, trust me, those linebackers from Miami, from Ohio State, USC, they coming downhill just like he's 220. And mm. just from a physical standpoint, a player that's weighing 205, maybe their freshman year and maybe gets bigger, hopefully. But if they're 205 their senior year, they're not going to, take be able to, their body won't be able to withstand all that physical uh, contact and that's just you know speaking from experience speaking from my opinion of of a team that says okay we're gonna have running back on the field but we really got a wide receiver at running back or mm-hmm. we have somebody that's more built like a wide receiver at running back and so that's where they start to devalue like oh, man we could just take these guys off you know from other positions that catch the ball because we don't want that from running back but don't forget nfl teams this running back got to run between the tackles and this running back, you want that running back and that offensive line to send a message to the defensive line and the linebackers. So you don't, you don't forget that there, that is a part of playing football is being physical. And I believe the NFL players and coaches that are throwing the ball. I mean, if you got Pat Mahomes, Hey, I ain't gonna argue. There's no argument there. (laughs) You're doing here. You know what to do there, but you still have running backs. You have uh, Edwards Alaire, even though he's been hurt this year. You have Pacheco, um, uh, Pacheco this mm-hmm. year. The little guy, but runs hard. He runs bigger than what he is. I love the way he runs the ball. I think he's two ten, but he runs like he's two fifteen or two twenty, and mm-hmm. that's what you want. You want a guy that has that type of mentality. But for the teams that just want to air it out because 
they feel this is where the NFL is at. Um, you're going to have a rude awakening when you come to those times in need when you got to get to the playoffs, when you got to win the division, or you got to, you want to get below five, you're going to get above 500, stuff like that. You got to learn how to control the clock as an offense, as a team. You got to learn how to do that. And, but the only way you can do that is with the run game. Well, you seem like you got to say something. Yeah. And none of, anything you're saying happened coincidentally or accidentally, right? Mm. I mean, quarterbacks used to get lit up. And that's, I think, what the value of the running back was. I mean, you had some absolutely immensely talented runners that could put offenses on on their backs for stretches at a time, and it mm-hmm. saved your quarterbacks from punishment, right, the way they were getting hit. But once the NFL, you know, tightened up the rules, didn't let you hit the quarterbacks low, then you couldn't hit yep. them high, then you can't hit them from the back, then you, you can't know, hit them at all. You can't hit them at all. You barely even touch them. Don't push them. You can touch them, but don't push them. Uh, so that gave Don't lay on them. Don't uh, breathe on them. Exactly. So the the fact that they took that step and that many steps over that that period of time made quarterbacks more free, gave them mm-hmm. less to worry about on on that standpoint. And I can only imagine throwing the ball is easier when you have that much less to worry about, when you can't get landed on, you can't get hit low or high. I'm sure those mm-hmm. quarterbacks are, you know, sleeping really well at night, not worried yeah. about a thing with, with their contracts, with all the time they have, the space they're given in the pocket. So if your quarterback has more protection by, you know, that's what the game says at once. If right. the, the, you know, analytics stats have caught up, and said, yeah, you know, you can you can run to win, uh, run to close the game out. But in terms of yards per play, it's shown by our math historically that you get more through the air. Teams and front offices have been chasing efficiency. It's hard to be efficient running. It's easier mm-hmm. to be efficient passing. So I think the combination of those two things has robbed us of some all-time great numbers from some really talented running backs. Exactly. And you have a slew of great running backs and playing in NFL right now. I mean, guys, you know, the two guys that we didn't mention that have been, I know one's been tagged, Josh Jacobs from the Raiders, mm-hmm. uh, Najee Harris, former Alabama running back. Oh my God. I love his style. I love his size. Mm-hmm. He has that physicalness. And like his rookie year, Pittsburgh, I think maybe one game below 500 or right at even. And he had a thousand yards rushing. And that tells, that tells me right there. It's like, okay, you got an NFL caliber team. But your running back has thirteen hundred yards rushing as a rookie. Rookie. Now tell me, you know, and but that team is a team built for run and pass. You know, Pittsburgh traditionally history says it. They are run first and then pass when we have to, if we have the receivers to do. And they've had this receivers through the history of their organization. But for teams that are trying to get above, make take that next step up to get to the playoffs perennial annually to get mm-hmm. to the NFC AFC championship annually. They got to have that nice little recipe of a run game that the defense pays attention to. And I'll get to uh Sammy P question there where once you have that defense attention with the run game or the pass game, then you sprinkle in one or the other. So if you get their attention, when you have all pro raw receivers, all pro tight end, then you sprinkle in a little run here, then you're making them work to try to stop you there. You just not saying I'm going to commit to the past. Cause now that defense could kind of mix around between cover two zone or cover three zone and man coverage is that they could disguise them very well. Then you have a problem. Mm-hmm. But then when you're trying to sit in that zone, you can't sit there and stop the run at the same time because your linebackers and your DBs have to sit 10 to 15 yards. I say linebackers got to sit six and a half yards off the ball. DBs got to go even further. So that gives right. that cushion of yardage that could get picked up 
by a running back. So you just got to be, and that's what offensive coordinators learn and defensive coordinators figure out like, oh man, okay, we got to, exactly. We got to work from our money here to really stop this game. And so to um, Sam's question, um, shout out to Sam. I used to, I think this is Sam P that used to work with at Lakeland. I think he said, good to see you coach. So I would assume. Yeah. 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 So I believe it's Sam P. Um, And he says uh, most teams are, uh, using the run running back by committee approach now, which is very important that and are different that it was um, in the 90s and the 2000s. So today running backs have less tread on their tires than previous decades, and they are still being valued later in their careers, and it doesn't add up. So, yeah, that has been in the last 10 years, that's been the, the structure of a offensive backfield coming up they they have that running back by committee and for me not my favorite thing but it's just something there that's a another way to i say eventually you got to give the ball to you got to pick your bell cow mm-hmm. and then go from there and make sure that that player clearly as they know in the room this is the starter but when he needs rest you know you're gonna come in and he then once he gets you know, rested up so-and-so is gonna go back in the game you just got to have that clear cut on that so i just you know, to cut this short, to get this back, to get us in, into another break. NFL teams, don't forget the run game. Don't. And put a guy that can actually take the hits, too. <laughs> just, just a little bit of advice from a guy. I used to do things a long time ago. <laughs> Maybe I don't know nothing about the run back game, but just just do that and help me out. All right? And then I know, Austin, we got we to gotta head to a break here. We do. We'll be back one final time with Amon Green here on The Ticket next. This is the Amon Green Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right. Back on the scene, crispy and clean. Uh, let's get into a little little quick walk into the esports world, or sorry, video game world that I am in. And... Uh, Something I, I talked on my podcast, Mind Green's Gamers Lounge, every Wednesday at 11 a.m. on uh, Twitch, uh, Mind Green TV, and on YouTube, Mind Green's Gamers Lounge. And I talked about something that we, we and I don't know if Rico told you this. So since he's a rookie to the show, we're calling him Rico the Rookie. <laughs> Love it. And that's his new name for that's his new, new game for <laughs> 17. So we got to go off a of regular season games now. So he had 17 shows plus three, so 20 shows until he's not a rookie no more. But who's counting? So, he can be the he rookie on the forever. Show. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but so he wasn't on the show this week. So he did find what we call quick hit hit news bites, and mm. it was quick. It was actually a good one too. And hopefully, I can make it a quick one because I know we are we're wrapping <laughs> things up here. But Microsoft won its FTC fight to buy Activision Blizzard. I don't know if you heard that, Austin. But Activision Blizzard was um, in you know in trouble since COVID, mm-hmm. dealing with stuff we already know. And Microsoft, you know what? We'll come in and swoop y'all up. We got enough money. We got you. Mm-hmm. But, of course, Activision and other countries like the U.K. was like, wait a minute. You know, this is you're going to monopolize this. You might do this and that. You you know, you're obviously setting yourself up for good stuff. And then another big thing that Activision from their side was like, what are you going to do with Call of Duty? You know, are we right. hearing rumors that you might not you might make it exclusive to Xbox instead of PlayStation and all platforms so they were a little worried about that but they said no they're going to you know make sure everything goes to status quo and even to make it sure the california judge um i believe what's her name jacqueline scott Cr- uh, crawley 
ruled in the favor of Microsoft. Well, in a statement here on Verge.com, Microsoft Activision. So this is from Judge Crawley, uh, Microsoft's Activision of Activision, uh, Activate Acquisition. Excuse me. Wow. Activate Acquisition. Can I say that word right? I believe awesome. in you. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> acquisition of Activision. That's what it was. It was two A's back to back. Has been described as the largest in tech history. It deserves scrutiny. The scrutiny it has paid off. Microsoft has committed in writing in public and in court to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation for the next 10 years, parity to Xbox. So on the same level, um, it made an agreement with Nintendo, also bring Call of Duty to Nintendo. Um, and it entered several agreements for the first time to bring Activision's content to several other cloud gaming services as well. So the court's responsibility is, in this case, is to narrow it is to develop or it is to divide, decide if notwithstanding the current circumstances, the merger be halted. So perhaps even terminated pending the resolution of FTC administration action for reasons explained. The court finds the FTC has not shown likelihood it will prevail its claim that this particular vertical merger, this specific industry may um, substantially lessen competition. To the contrary, the record evidence points to more consumer access to Call of Duty and other Activision content. So the motion of the preliminary injunction, therefore, denied. So they can go forth and buy um, Activision Blizzard, all their you know games and any mm -hmm. other and candy. I think they got Candy Crush too. I was like, what? Sounds right. I was like they got. I like wow. So this now gets you know that ball rolling, and then fans out there will be happy because I think if Microsoft came into this thing like a bull in a china shop saying hey we're gonna just you know we we're gonna control everything i think they will cut their own legs by mm -hmm. doing that and i think they understood that phil knight who's the ceo of microsoft understands that 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 gaming is a lot of places out there there's a lot of games out there obviously the bigger games like call of duty like halo infinite like madden nfl 2k those games are popular and you, if you don't want to obviously they're making money already hands over fist they don't want to shortchange any of that too and then bringing in a new partner that they can make beautiful music with sony and microsoft together mm -hmm. you know for us as gamers austin you know what i'm talking about it's I like do. oh oh they got so many bethesda in there too uh -huh. so just a quick quick little hit news bike for you right there before we bump out and uh i'll say real quick shout out to i heard you told me i got your text about the kids on saturday yeah <laughs> fan fantastic time with yourself uh with the big red Shout out to Big Red Esports, mm -hmm. uh, Lindsay or Z. Who was in how? Who was in that show last uh, week? It was, was it Z? Z and, oh gosh. Um, I'll put you on the spot. Sorry. No, I should know. I should know the names. I'm blanking. Um, one of Sam or Jaden didn't make it in because they overslept. Which one does that sound like? Oh, sounds like Sam. <laughs> Okay. Okay. In the short time I know Sam. <laughs> not not to put him on blast. Sorry, Sam. If you I were still here, love right? you, Sam. Still yeah. love you, buddy. Still love you, buddy. And then I am blanking on your social media manager's name, and I feel terrible. Oh, Lexi. Lexi. Yeah. Lexi. Yep. That was the crew. Lexi. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm happy they're 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 gelling. That's what it's called. They're gelling together. Yes. That's good. They did tell me oh, you man, make so them do push-ups when they curse. Yes. Nice. Yes. How did that and, start? And, and I, it started at Lakeland, so okay. Sam knows about this. And uh, and I said, look, I looked at, the, I read the guidelines before the school year started, in my first year. And for all the leagues that we play in, 
they said, hey, when your match is online, there's no profane language. And so if you don't have disciplinary rules, we'll do something as a league. We'll suspend or pro put your team on probation. And I'm like, I don't want to. Oh, oh no, nope. I don't want probation. Nope. I don't want suspension through the league. So I said in-house, let me start this in training camp. So now as soon as training camp started, I said, hey, if you cuss, you got 15 push-ups. And then, of course, I had kids waving their hand. I can't do push-ups. <laughs> Wall sits. We're going to figure something out. We, we, it's twenty ways. It's a thousand ways to skin a cat. Just don't cuss. <laughs> but if you do, you're gonna have something else to do. So I love that's it. How that, that's how that came about. That's incredible. Yeah, so and, and 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 it works. And it works. I actually, did it in the in the summer camp too. Oh yeah, it was fun. Some of the, I, I said that rule to them, and the kids like I was like, "Could you? Do you want to do that?" And they're like, "Yeah." And they did. It was a couple of them that dropped a couple words. I was like, <laughs> "Hit the ground. Give me 15. <laughs> Oh, oh man, that so that is, was fun it, to get get the get the players inter inter interacting with the rules that that we'll be facing once they get on the college campus. I, I do have to give them credit; they look in shape enough that tells me there's a little learning curve, but they don't look so in shape that makes me think this is like a, a daily, you know, every half an hour, every hour occurrence. Right? Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. I think the first week, first week is always the worst week. Ah. You know, first couple of days. They dropping, they were like, oh, and I and I'm I got ears like a ninja. All right, I don't know what ears was an <laughs> elephant got good ear yeah, hearing or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I got the hearing like an elephant. I pick up everything, you know. So that's I'm, incredible. I'm super excited that yeah. So the program's doing good with that, and so we're just waiting on the you know the time to come. You know, we're looking for more sponsors there for the esports Nebraska esports program. People, we got a we got sponsorship. We want to ask people. We talked a few places for partnerships. We sent out some information, so. We just got fingers tied now. We just got to wait, be patient. It's going to come sooner or later where we can have everything up and going um, on campus this fall. We're so looking forward to, to it. So I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm going to get the full tour at some point once it's all good to go. Yeah. Excellent. Oh yeah, everybody, everybody in the station will for sure. Dope. For sure. Looking forward to that. Yep. Ag, probably time to let you go. You're busy man packing. Yep. Watch out for those knives. They'll get you. No more of that. <laughs> Same to you, Austin. Have a good week. There he Talk is. There is Amon Green with us here, 93.7 The Ticket. This is the Amon Green Show. We'll step aside. When we get back, we got the Junior Achievement Show for an hour. A couple ladies in the house to tell us about their experience with Junior Achievement. All part of Ticket Weeknights here on 93.7 The Ticket.